Thank you, team. Out of Hebrews chapter 12, you're welcome to, to take your Bibles and join me. The scripture will also be on the screen. We've been camping out here these last few weeks in this passage, taking it phrase by phrase. Allow me to uh, share with you once again from Hebrews 12. This is God's word for us today. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. May God add his blessing to his word. Please be seated. Well, again, leading up to Palm Sunday and Resurrection Sunday, we're in this series called Fixed Eyes, which comes straight out of the passage that we've been studying this here in Hebrews, where the Hebrew writer tells us to fix our eyes on Jesus. And by doing that, we're not going to grow weary, we're not going to lose heart, and we will make it to the finish line and win the prize that awaits us. Now, over the last couple of weeks, we've seen that this image that is being portrayed here is that our journey of faith is very much a race. And so that first week, we talked about the fact that we are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, those people who have gone before us, who put their faith in God and, and, and testify to the fact that he is faithful. And they're telling us, don't you give up. Don't you dare give up. It's your turn now. But in order, we saw last week, to engage this race properly, we have to be willing to lay aside those things, any hindrance, any sin that might be slowing us down. We could do that because we know that Jesus is better than any other thing. Jesus is better than. So we set aside and push away anything that might hinder us in pursuing Jesus Christ. We do that with our entire being. But this morning, we come to this next phrase, which we're going to focus on. Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Now, I, I need to make a disclaimer this morning. I, I want to give you full disclosure, but I am not much of a runner. I know some of you are looking at me and you're shocked, but uh, that is the truth. Maybe I am not the person to truly exegete this phrase. I remember shortly after I became pastor in North Olmsted, almost, what, 25 years ago now, Brian Jeffrey invited me to run with him in the mornings. Of course, I wanted to make a good impression. He was just a, maybe a year or two older than me. I wanted to be his friend and said, I thought, never mind, it's getting up at 6 a.m. I'm not a runner, but it's going to be okay. Back then, I was thin enough that maybe he thought I was a runner or something like that. I remember the morning he picked me up. We, he took me to the metro park somewhere. Uh, that's a good place to dump a body, I guess, when something... <laughs> but he took me to the metro park somewhere. And, and, and if you know Brian, he's about six foot something, good looking. And his stride is much longer than mine. But it didn't take him very long to figure out I wasn't keeping up. Maybe... 
Maybe it was the way I collapsed right before we got to even the edge of the parking lot. That was the the good indicator. But uh, he never said a word. Bless his heart, the the most difficult 12 minutes of my life. But uh, he, he, he just allowed me to get back into the car. He took me home. And mercifully, he has never asked me to go running with him again. Many of you have seen the, the classic movie by, uh, uh, regarding Eric Little, the, uh, the Chariots of Fire. Uh, you may recall as a man of faith, he, he chose to refuse to compete on Sunday, the Lord's Day. But his famous line, of course, is this, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he's also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. I want you to know I too am a man of faith, and I believe God made me for a purpose, but he did not make me fast. And when I run, I feel God's displeasure. That's <laughs> the way it works. So how many non-runners this morning do we have in our congregation? Okay, I, I can appreciate that. I'm, I'm, I'm safe here. Uh, I, I wanted you now. Now, some of you are runners. I'd like to also see those hands. Okay, good. Good for you. We love you. We appreciate you. Uh, We really do. But uh, I feel like we have good reasons not to run. And number one is because I know people who do run, and uh, they're often a little off kilter. They're they're often just a little bit crazy. Uh, You know, they go to bed early. They, They get up earlier. They eat the right stuff. They wear these tight little clothes. Mike Martin, is Mike here this morning? He might be in the second sir. We'll see. But Mike Martin is a runner. And do you know that guy has run 24 hours at, at a time? I mean, that's crazy. That just doesn't make sense to me how anyone would put themselves through that. And I'm like, you know, I, I, don't, want, I don't want to do that. I don't want to have a, a racing or, or running just control my life. I, I'm not sure that's probably good for me. And, and so if you're like me, I, I like racing. I, I like uh, racing. I think racing is great. and I'll be able to watch you race. I'll, I'll give you water. I'll applaud and I'll cheer. And when you win, I'll say, we did it. We won. We did it. But this is interesting. If you look at this passage, if you look at this phrase, one of the things that you'll notice is, is that the writer says, let us run the race. The first thing that we should note then here is we are supposed to run this race together. Interesting to me, this is not a competition. It's a collaboration. You see, so much of Christianity today is this. So much of our understanding of the gospel is, well, it's Jesus and me. It's me and Jesus. And we often think of our our relationship with God in very individualistic ways terms. But that's not how the early church was. They saw their faith in terms of community, in terms of family, in terms of being together. I just got back from Orlando this week where I was with over 5,000 pastors uh, and church planters at at a big conference down there. The conference theme was the idea of the great collaboration. How, how so often we are not working together to reach the world with the gospel. We have our tribes, our denominations, our pet theologies that always are separating us. 
But what was so wonderful as a part of this conference was hearing teachers from all around the world share. One of the most powerful moments for me was when a pastor from Africa spoke on 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You know that passage that speaks of the, the, the Holy Spirit giving gifts to the church. And he used that on a global scale. I'd never thought of it this way. But he told us, listen, I look at the church in North America, and I know that you have money and resources. But we, the church in Africa, we have prayer and faith. And you need us just as we need you. Or the pastor in India who shared and told us that we needed to expand our circles of connection beyond our own church walls. And it excited me. Listen, when the early church thought about this running, this pursuit of Jesus, it was always together. Hebrews says, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. There was this we thing going on in the church. We run together. We need each other to run. We need to have each other, therefore, over for meals in our homes. We need to study the Bible together in small groups. We need to hold each other accountable in our faith. We need people to listen to our victories and to challenge us in our failures and in our hurts. We need others to to give us comfort and courage. One of our core values as a church is simply this. Love people. Don't do life alone. How many of us in our churches this morning, in our church today, are trying to do exactly that? The old proverb is, if you want to run fast, run alone. But if you want to run far, if you want to finish, run together. And our church, we need this. We need to make the decision this morning that we run this race together. The French Foreign Legion had a motto. It said, if I stumble, pick me up. If I falter, push me on. If I retreat, shoot me. Now, we might modify that a little bit. (laughs) But you get the idea, okay? Now, the second thing I want you to notice about this passage is if we get the sense is that, that this is going to be a hard race. It's going to take our energy. It's going to take our focus. It's going to take our strength. This race, the Bible says, is going to take perseverance. In a long-distance run, the winner is not necessarily the fastest nor the strongest, but the one with the most endurance. Gordon MacDonald, a Christian author, wrote, running track in my prep school days taught me a valuable lesson. I was at the Pennsylvania Relays, a famous Eastern track meet, and our, relay, and our relay team was going to run in the championship race. I was the leadoff man in the second lane. The man in the first lane held the 100-meter dash record for prep school runners. He also had a record for arrogance. When I got to the line and we were, setting, or we were putting our starting blocks down, he said, may the best man win. I'll be waiting for you at the finish line. Well, we got into our blocks. The gun sounded. He took off, and the other seven of us settled in behind him. We ran around the first turn and down the back stretch, 
And about 180 meters into the race, I suddenly saw the record holder in front of me holding his side, bent over and groaning as he jogged along. We all passed him like he was standing still. And because I'm such a gentleman, I waited for him at the finish line. At the end of the race, my coach took me aside and he said, I hope you've learned a lesson today. It makes little difference whether you hold the record for the 100-meter dash if the race is 400 meters long. I want you to be patient with me as I, as I unpack this, but I want us to think about three words in this passage. First, the word run. The word run. That's, that's a Greek word. It's the word trechomen. It's, a, it's an active present term, trechomen. That means a, a, a better translation of this would be something like, let us keep running. Keep on running. Let us every day, every morning, every night, just keep on running. Remember when Forrest Gump just one day decided to go for a run? He went to the edge of the lane and he said, well, I got there. I just keep running. And then he went to the edge of town and the edge of the state and to the edge of the continent. And then he turned around and went all the way back. He just kept running from coast to coast. That's the picture. Let us keep on running. But notice here, we are not only running, but we are to run with perseverance. The word there is the word hupomone or Hupo, which, uh, or hypo, it means to go under, something like a, a hypodermic needle is, is kind of the, the image. It's under, it goes underneath. But mone means to stand. And so when you are underneath pressure, you keep standing. You remember the, the, the image of Atlas who had the world on his shoulders, he was strong. He was able to stand under intense weight and pain. You keep standing is the picture. So we keep running with perseverance even when there is pressure. But there's one more word that I found fascinating, and that is this word race. Let us run the race. Now, the writer had a whole plethora of Greek words he could have used here, but the word he used for the, for, for the word race is this one, agona. Now, I want you to think about that word. Does that word sound like anything we have in English? What? Agony. I, I, I looked at that picture when I was with Brian on that morning. Agony. Agona. Same root. Think about that. Interesting. This is not a jog in the park. This is not an easy race. Job 14.1 says, Man who is born of woman is few of days and full of trouble. You know what that means? None of us get through this life without getting hurt. Even and most especially if you're a Christian. Scott Peck, the author, wrote Once you truly understand that life is difficult, you can accept it and it no longer really matters. 
problem is some people never fully understand that the Bible says we are going to have problems. Listen, we are flesh. People hurt us, and we're going to hurt others. We hurt each other. We get our hearts broken, and we get insulted, and we get, us, we get the raw deal sometimes. Yeah, we get jealous, and we get lonely. And, and people get upset, but what happens is they act like it is unique to them. They act like it, it never happened before. Listen, God had one person, one son without sin, but no sons without sorrow. Acts 14, says that Paul and Barnabas preached the gospel at Antioch. This was after they had been beaten and put in prison. And to encourage the church, they said, quote, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. If you think that becoming a Christian means that life is easy, there are two things wrong. Your Bible is closed and your head is empty. I don't know how it will come. I don't know how it will be wrapped, but it might be a doctor's diagnosis or a pink slip. It might be the betrayal of a mate. It may come as an accident. You don't know how it will be wrapped. But Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. But the Bible teaches us, listen to this, when we're hurting, you keep running. Lou Gehrig played 2,130 consecutive games. He was known in that day as baseball's iron horse. Now, some of you know Lou Gehrig's story. I won't tell it all, but when he retired, they x-rayed his hands. Every finger had been broken, some once, some twice, some three times. He was hurt, but he never missed a game. I heard the story this week of Thomas Pierce Bell. Uh, You may or may not remember that name, but he played professional football as a young man and later became one of the most beloved, popular officials in the NFL. When Tommy Bell uh, was in high school, he played in Kentucky, and he had a coach named Heber. Uh, Heber was a a really gruff, kind of German, tough, tough coach. Well, one time, Bell was hurting, and he took himself out of the game. But his coach came over and said, why have you gone out of the game? And he said, coach, I think my leg is broken. And the coach said, well, get back in there until you know for sure. (laughs) When we're hurting, we keep on running. Thomas also told the story when he was refereeing the Super Bowl, Super Bowl III, The Kansas City Chiefs were playing, and on the team, they had a a tight end named Fred Arbanis, and he, uh, during one of the plays, came around the end, and he got creamed. I mean, there was just this titanic head-on collision, and his eye fell out. Well, very few people even knew that he had an artificial eye, but there he was on the field looking for his eye. He got an official's timeout. Pretty soon they found it. He called for the water boy, slushed it around, and put it back in. 
Well, Tom Bell, the referee, is looking at him, and he said, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. You've got one eye. Your future, your career, what would you do if you lost the other eye? And Fred said without a beat, well, I guess I'd become an official like you, Mr. Bell. <laughs> See, when we're hurting, you keep on running. Are you hurting today? If you're not, I want to bless you, and I want to say thank you to God. But I will also tell you this. You will hurt someday. Maybe, in fact, you come into this place, and your whole life has been a huge challenge. A little boy was very bright, but he was born with an unsightly birthmark on his face. His mom knew that his first day of school was going to be incredibly hard for him because she knew that kids are cruel. Well, sure enough, little Charles came home crying. And mom said, well, what's wrong, Charles? And he said, well, children made fun of my face. She said to him, well, Charles, if you study and work hard, you're going to You're going to gain the respect. You'll gain their respect. When Dr. Charles Elliott retired as president of Harvard University, he said one of the greatest days of his life was when his mother said, there are some things that you can't change, but you can keep on running, even when you're hurt. Anybody here hurt this morning? hurt by adultery and yet you've kept running hurt by incest or abuse right in your own family and yet you've kept running maybe your home has been decimated by alcohol or drugs of some kind but but you kept running Some in our church have had their children incarcerated. They're in prison right now. Your kid made a bad decision, and it hurts because you hurt for them, and it hurts because you think about what other people are thinking about you. But but you kept running. You kept singing. The hardest thing of all that I can imagine is we have people in our church who have lost their children. The natural order of things is, is that, that our children are supposed to bury the parent, not the other way around. And yet, we have people who have suffered that loss. And they keep running. I don't think I've ever really understood this passage until recently. But Proverbs seventeen seventeen says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. You realize that's why we're here together. We're friends. We're family. God didn't want us to run this race alone. And if you're hurting this morning, I challenge you to just look around. Because my heart aches for some of you. And I know some of the difficulty you go through. I, I get to hear your stories. And you amaze me. Because some of you keep singing. You keep serving. 
You keep trusting. You keep running. The Bible says weeping endureth for a night, but joy comes in the morning. There's never a day so dreary, there's never a night so long, but the soul that is trusting Jesus will somewhere find a song. There's never a cross so heavy, there's never a weight of woe, but Jesus will help to carry because he loves you so. When all my labors and trials are over and I'm safe on that beautiful shore, that will be for me glory. This morning, the message is simple. I I challenge you to to keep running, even though you're hurt. People are going to hurt your feelings. People are going to say the wrong thing. People are going to hurt each other. That's just the landscape. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. You you, you know when you run, this occurred to me yesterday afternoon, something begins to happen to your body. You really give yourself over to running. You look different. You shed pounds. Your physique changes. That's why people run. And Christian, this morning I'll remind you that when you keep running, you keep trusting, you keep loving, you keep serving, you keep singing, the same thing happens. You will look more and more like Jesus. So that thing that causes you hurt, Satan thought it would destroy you. Little did he know that God would use it to make you more like his son. So you keep running. If you're hurting, I get it. And and I see some of the hurt. I don't know it all. But I'm so grateful that God works all things together for good to them that love him and are called according to his purpose. That race that marked that's marked out for us is sure, it's certain, and it always leads us to Jesus Christ. That's our faith. Will you pray with me? Father, you have marked the race out for us, and the truth is, there are moments of agony. But Lord, we will keep on singing. We will keep on celebrating because Jesus Christ was a man of sorrows. Lord, if we're tired this morning, he invites us to come to him. If we're hurting this morning, he invites us to run to him. And so, Lord, as we close this service, I just want to confess to you that I want to run this race. And no matter, Lord, the, the, the burden, the hurt, the frustration of this life, Lord, I am keeping my eyes focused on the prize before me. My eyes, may they be fixed on you. And Lord, I want to surrender to you my hurt, and I want to keep running. Lord, there are others in this room that feel the same way. And I thank you, Lord, that they have been heroes to me because we are watching them. 
And Lord, despite some things that have happened in their life, some pain that they bear, they keep on trusting, they keep on running. Lord, thank you for their faithfulness. So Lord, in this moment, we just come to you. Lord, may this be a tender moment when your Holy Spirit reminds us of your glory. Thank you, Lord, that you love us. May we be found faithful. I ask this in your holy name. Amen.